Hi, and welcome to the A Quilting Life podcast. I'm Sherry McConnell from A Quilting Life, and I'm here today with our producer, Billy. <laughs> yep, um, Chelsea is not here today once again, but she is alive and well and healthy and thriving. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain real quick before we get go any further why she's not here and why I'm back in this seat again, is because we had a scheduling mishap we are recording this on a Tuesday, the Tuesday of the week of the Super Bowl. So just in case anyone cares to hear real quick, you've heard me reference golf before. We had um, we were supposed to schedule this or record this podcast on Thursday. Well, I had some opportunities come up in Las Vegas. The Super Bowl is in Las Vegas this week. And I've, I've never mentioned this on the podcast before, but you, I have mentioned that I like golf. But one of the other things I do for a part-time gig is I do some caddying around at a, at a, at a course in Las Vegas. So with the Super Bowl being in town, I have some opportunities to do some different events and work at a few different golf courses. And, and so anyway, (laughs) Chelsea already had something scheduled today and we wanted to make sure that we still had a podcast ready to go for the Monday after the Super Bowl. So with that being said, I, I came out here today and Everything just sort of worked out. So we we can see we have a guest interview today, and she we had her on the radar already. We were in talks, right, to yes, yeah. get her on the podcast. Yeah. And so she really helped us out by doing it today. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're so grateful to, to Amy for jumping on that call with us today. So mm-hmm. so Chelsea's not here because of me, not anything to do <laughs> right. with, other than that. So just wanted to let everyone know. Yeah. So first, I will just mention our sponsor, Cozy Earth. We're so grateful to have them as a sponsor. And I was actually just telling Billy again today, I love their body butter. I mentioned it. I got some for myself right before Christmas. And it is so wonderful. It is dry here in the winter. And although actually the last few days we've had rain, but normally it's very dry and I've just really loved that body butter. And I also noticed they have some new rib knit pajamas. And so there, it seems like there is always something new to look for and to try. And the Cozy Earth products are viscose from bamboo and they are temperature regulating. We love the sheets. Chelsea and I have been talking about them for a couple of years now since we first tried them. So, I, I still like my jogger pants, <laughs> as I mentioned before. Yeah, I, the, it, when they come into my rotation of jogger pants, uh-huh. I'm very excited when it's when it's their turn it's, to come oh, through. You know, <laughs> so yeah, we'll have to get are you very some comfortable. more. <laughs> yeah, so be sure to check out Cozy Earth and use the code A Quilting Life at checkout to get 35 percent off site wide. Note that that is not off sale items. Mm, so if yeah. something's already on sale, then it won't double up your discounts okay Okay. yeah so the quilt on the wall they're not my quilts today they're so. not your quilts <laughs> <laughs> but you you might be familiar with this because it did make the cover of the april 2024 american patchwork and quilting and this magazine hit newsstands on friday february 2nd so just a few days ago and it is in strawberry lemonade i was so excited to get this back because When you submit a quilt to a magazine, it's often away from home for six to eight months. So yeah, this, I think I sent this off at the beginning of August. So it's wonderful to have it home. 
And even more wonderful is that EQ and American Patchwork and Quilting are teaming up. We're going to do a sew along. And we just filmed a video that aired last Thursday. Mm-hmm. So that would have been on the 8th. Yes, February 8th. So it's already up on the YouTube channel. Okay. And yeah, yeah. We, t- we did a deep dive on this quilt. And my mom went through the whole sew along. Right. And all the information that you'll need for that. Yeah. And lots of different fabric options if you're wanting to make it. It's also a great scrap quilt. And I, I think it would be fun in holiday fabrics. And so, yeah. And you probably want to note that you don't, there's other ways to get the pattern other than getting the magazine if you can't get your hands on a copy, right? Right. If you're not a subscriber, if this doesn't come to your mailbox, you, you can look for it at your local quilt shop or local, I mean, grocery stores often carry this magazine, but there are also ways to order online mm-hmm. and just get the pattern for this quilt digitally or subscribe and, and get the pattern. So yeah, we're really excited about that. And on the table is Coastal Summer, another one of my strawberry lemonade quilts and just love this one. I actually just got back from a couple of different events. Last week was a busy week for me. And I taught at a quilt retreat hosted by the Cedar Chest Quilt Guild in Cedar City, Utah. And I taught two classes. I actually taught the two quilts behind Billy. So on the ladder behind Billy at the top is montage. And I taught that to a lovely group of students. And then below that is vintage two. And also taught that to a fun, That the vintage two was a yeah, that was a class of 20. So that was a big class. And I have to tell you, one of my most, I always love seeing the fabrics that people use when they take my classes. But I have to say, I think my favorite one in that class, somebody did that with Halloween fabrics. And it was super cool. She did black and gray ribbons. And then in the center, she had these fussy cut witches and pumpkins and it was really really super fun and then behind me we have jelly roll sampler at the top and getaway underneath on the bottom so a whole lot of them is this every this is not all of them this isn't even all of the strawberry (laughs) lemonades yeah Yeah. and then this one throws me off because it's in strawberry lemonade fabric but it's not one of your but it's not one of my pattern patterns patterns. that you released Yeah. yeah with the collections for this yeah I actually, it's really funny. I I thought about releasing this as a pattern and then Chelsea was redoing her hearts at home too. Mm. And that's In this collection and it's log cabins also. And I thought, oh, they're a little bit too similar, even though they're different block sizes and different every, you know, and I had the three different, the houses, the hearts and the stars. I thought, I'll just send this to a magazine and see if it gets published. So (laughs) I'm really glad the way it worked out. out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and I also want to, I mentioned I had a couple of events last week. Really quick, I want to mention thank you to the Las Vegas Quilt Guild. I was able to go give a lecture there last Friday night, and what a wonderful group. If you're in the Las Vegas area, I know you have three different guild options. There is the Desert Quilters Guild, and then I believe there is a Modern Guild, and then this third guild is the Las Vegas Quilt Guild, but they just have a lovely place to meet. They meet in a Baptist church with a great auditorium and stage and microphone and just a really great group of quilters. I was really grateful for them for inviting me to give a presentation. So 
good uh, good to to do the local thing once in a while. Yeah. That was really fun. <laughs> yeah, my mom was very busy last week. Yeah. She was all over the place and so a lot of things going on. Yeah, and before we get into our interview, I also want to share a find from this week. I love going to quilting events and finding things. This was really fun. This is a new book called The Ultimate Binding and Edge Finishing Guide for Quilting and Sewing. And there are more than 16 different techniques here from basics to scalloped to scrappy. And the really fun thing about this book is that it's a friend of mine who wrote it, Dion Stott, and she is a long arm quilter and a pattern designer. And uh, we've known each other for several years, I think. I might have met her in person for the first time in about 2014. So maybe I've known her for about 10 years. And I didn't know that she had this book coming. It's brand new off the press. So we'll have a link. But as I was looking at it, she was actually in my class in Cedar City. I I was just blown away by how in depth this goes and how wonderful it would be for a beginner quilter or even for an intermediate or advanced quilter who wants to try some different techniques for edge finishing. So I just really, I immediately bought a book from her. I got her to sign it too. And you know, like we talked about on our last podcast, one of the questions you said, what's the biggest quilting challenge on your Instagram Mm -hmm. was binding. Yeah. Remember that some of the um, people that responded typed in. So yeah. So this is a fabulous book. Lots of full color photographs. You won't you won't be sorry at all with this purchase. Oh, it looks really nice. Okay, so without further ado, let me give you a little bit of information about our guest today. We are really pleased and honored to have Amy Smart from the Diary of a Quilter blog. She is a blogger, a quilter, a pattern designer, a fabric designer for Riley Blake. And she teaches, she gives trunk shows, She has been a wonderful friend and mentor to me for many years. We actually talk in this interview about how we both started blogging in 2008. So that's more than 15 years of following each other's blogs. And we did meet just a few years after we started blogging in person. And so she's one of my in real life friends too. And just have been wanting to have her on the podcast for quite a long time I know you'll be inspired by her story, and we'll go ahead and jump to the interview now. Okay, everyone, I'm here with my friend, Amy Smart. I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. We have been following each other's blogs since way back 2007, 2008. And we were online friends for several years and met in person. And now we've known each other in real life for quite a while. And it's wonderful. We really have had kind of parallel journeys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to have Amy here. I'm going to let her do a quick introduction. And then I'm going to start with the questions. Great. So I'm Amy Smart. I've been writing a blog for just for 15 years. I started writing a blog called Diary of a Quilter. And that's so that's kind of my online name, social media now. It's my publishing, like pattern publishing, all that's under Diary of a Quilter. So 
that's me. I've been sewing for a while, a long time, and writing about it for a long time. So, yeah. And now I've since um, written a book and I designed fabric for Riley Blake Designs. Yes. It's been so exciting to follow each other. I think we met, well, you started your blog in 2007, right? I was 2008. Oh, okay. I was 2008. No, I was 2008 too. So the same year. Crazy. Yes. Yes. Really crazy. And we comment on each other's blogs and yeah. Yeah. And I think we were talking earlier, we met in person for the first time at the quilt market in Salt Lake City in 2011. Right. So yeah, yeah, that would be right. That was and that was your first that was my first time. That was my first quilt market. Yes, I went with Camille Ross Kelly. As to I drove up there with her, I helped her with her booth a little bit. And yeah, and I was just in awe. (laughs) Yes, really star. I was starstruck the whole time. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, this is that was happening. Me. So interesting. Yeah, I feel like even a week after I came home, my brain wouldn't stop because of everything I had seen. <laughs> it just was rotating in my mind. It was inspiring, so inspiring, and it was really fun to meet. Like by then, I'm sure, I'm sure you were the same. Like I'd worked for a couple of fabric companies, sewn for a few designers, and it was my first time to meet all these people I'd emailed in person, and that was really cool. Yes, for me too. I I believe I had been sewing for Joanna Figueroa by then for a couple of years, and oh, yeah? that was the first time I met her in person. So, yeah, and that's I that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Memories, and it's hard to believe that it's been like thirteen. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. Yes. It and is. we, we had all these little blogger meetups there too, remember? Yes. Yeah. So. I was hoping to put together a blogger meetup and it felt like such a big deal, but it was so fun to meet so many people in person that, yes. had, yeah, that yeah. I've been interacting with online. Yeah. Right. Okay, well, let's just start out and have you tell everyone about your quilting journey. How did you become okay. a quilter? <laughs> well, I would say I I come from a line of makers. Like my my mom sewed all, you know, she was a seamstress. She sewed a lot of my clothes when I was little, sewed her own clothes. Her mother sewed clothes. My grandma had made like one quilt during the, like right before she got married during the Depression. It was the grandmother's flower garden, which is dear and in shreds but it's so precious because it was the only one she ever made she developed lots of other gifts and talents and was a painter and things like that but my mom started quilting in the 80s and she taught me when I was probably around 12 but I didn't really do a lot with it um consistently I would just I would play with my mom's sewing machine I'm really so grateful that she like just let me do that yeah (laughs) it wasn't until I graduated from college in the late 90s that I really started creating consistent, sewing consistently, um, or quilting, I should say. I had taken like sewing, garment sewing classes in high school and things like that. But so yeah, it was after I I finished college, worked for a couple of years, got married, and then um, I was having my first baby and I made her a uh, baby quilt. Like the first thing I made was just Patrick squares and tied with yarn. And I think I took the, all the fabric from my mom's stash and <laughs> after she was born it's very basic but it's kind of a great like I show it at trunk shows because I'm like look this is where I started <laughs> and um it was after she was born and I was just kind of craving a creative outlet and 
you know, motherhood's a lot of important but repetitive tasks and right. everybody wants to eat every day for some reason. And <laughs> there's things you just have to keep redoing, but I needed something that I could work on and it would stay finished. And quilting killed that that niche for me. So I started taking quilting classes at local, at, actually I would take them at quilt stores near my parents' house. I would take my baby and put her down for nap there and go take these school classes and just learn so much. By the time my second was born, the baby quilt I made for her was this beautiful log cabin quilt that I've hand quilted. And, and you, you just see the contrast of how much I learned between those two quilts. It's, it's kind of a fun visual. So that's that's when I really started quilting in earnest. My oldest is 25. So it's been over 25 years. That wow. That's been quilting consistently. Yeah, I love that you your oldest did get a quilt. My oldest, Billy, didn't get a quilt until he was about eight that I made. So <laughs> only my youngest got a baby quilt. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at least all four of your kids have quilt baby they quilts. They do. Yes, they that, they do. Yeah, that's fun. And it's fun. And then um, it was when I was pregnant with my third. So it was about 2003. I a new quilt shop opened in my town and um, I was so excited because prior to that it had been like half hour drive to get to a local quilt shop. And I ended up getting a job there just like once a week. I worked four hours once a week. It was like the perfect dream job at that stage of my life to just leave everybody at home on Saturday <laughs> with their dad and have dad time and um, go work in a quilt shop. And that I never would have imagined how influential that experience would be in my future career. At the time, it was just really fun to get out of the house and pet fabric and get paid to do it. And not that I was getting rich because I was spending a lot of it too, but it, it supported my habit. And I was also interacting with other quilters, which I just loved meeting other people who enjoy quilting. But at the same time, I was learning so much about the fabric industry from the retail perspective. And I was started designing quilt patterns and kits for the store. So that just gave me so much experience that I, that I then have used in building my business that I, I never would have dreamed at that time that I would become a professional quilter. But Gosh, that those experiences of working in a store had such a big effect on that. Oh yeah, such so helpful. It's so funny how you mentioned that you didn't really dream of be of doing a business at that time, and that's kind of my story too. I never, you know, there are so many people who set out intentionally to do this, and mm -hmm. yeah. I just feel like I was really blessed to just. Tra start traveling this path and have people show me the ropes along the way so yes I feel the same again because we had such a similar path like so much serendipity of timing and yeah. opportunities that just kind of the next step opened up and but credit to us both for like taking opportunities and right you know like yeah. it took that too it took it's taking a lot of hard work but I, I still feel really lucky yeah I well, and I remember too, we mentioned earlier that we met at Quilt Market, but we also met at a business conference that you told me about, mm -hmm. Snap. And I learned so much there. And I have always appreciated you for letting me know about that. And Oh, I love that you came too, because I would be the only quilter at that. And I would always be like, it's all these like rest food bloggers. Food and, bloggers. 
you know, like fashion bloggers, and I'd be like, "Well, I'm a quilter." Yes, <laughs> so I was happy when you came. Like, I'm not the only one. That people are like, "What? There's, there is such a thing," you know? <laughs> yeah, that that was so beneficial. I think I went three years before they shut it down during COVID. Yeah, yeah, I miss it. It was. Yeah. I learned so much. A good again, just good business right. skills and like online building websites and things like that that I didn't have any like aptitude in really. yeah. so it was really helpful. Yeah. So let's talk about your journey to starting the Diary of a Quilter blog. How did that happen? And I uh, so I was working in this quilt shop. I and uh, um I well I, I discovered mommy blogs in about two thousand seven. And it was perfect timing for me because I was in the thick of little kid life. I had four kids under the age of eight and and it was, you know, those the years are just intense, you know, yeah. and to connect with other women who were kind of in similar stages of life as me was great. And then I discovered there were people writing blogs about quilting. And that was so that kind of blew my mind. I was so excited to find especially finding other younger women. I had people I knew who were my mom's generation who were quilters, but I didn't have any friends at that point who were my age or my gener- younger who were quilting. And so occasionally I met people here and there when I worked at the quilt store, but mostly were, they were at that point, they were older than me. And so I just felt like I had all these friends that I was so inspired by their content. I think of like Amanda Jean Nyberg, yes. Mom Quilt. she was one of my favorites. One of the first that I found still, <laughs> she's so she's always inspired by what she makes and, and others and you. And um, it was just so fun. I remember telling my husband, I have all these new friends <laughs> and he looked at me a little weird like because they were internet friends like you know, right. you, you know but I mean back then that was maybe a little creepy and now we know like well that's yeah that's how you have new friends is on the internet and and they've become real life friends right that have been such a cool thing yeah the connections that yeah. people so I started at that point I was following other people and I was making a lot of stuff for the store where I worked so I was like well I'll just start sharing what I'm making and it was I feel like blogs back then they were more interactive like you're commenting on each other's and following each other it was more like what Instagram is now I guess and um because it was pre-Instagram and it was just such a cool way to connect with people and that's that's kind of why I started it just to be like well I'll put my stuff out there too yeah I'm making stuff I might as well take a picture of it yeah I, I'm sure. Well, I know I've been following you ever since I found you. So I, I've loved. You know, I've probably Same. read every post you've ever written. I know, so, right? yeah. <laughs> no, I really. I remember commenting on each other's. Yeah. And so it was. So that time when we finally did meet in person, it was like meeting an old friend. It's so right? cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I love hearing hearing about that, and it's funny you mentioned Amanda. I. I was so sad when she quit blogging. There there are some too. that have stopped blogging that were blogging back then, but there are some that are still blogging and that's... There are, yeah. And blogs have evolved. It's so interesting. Yeah. But but I love that like Amanda will still share on Instagram or... Right. You know, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So moving from the Diary of a Quiltered blog, how did, how, how did you end up designing fabric for Riley Blake? Um, so after over those for a few years, I like a lot like you was sewing for 
other fabric companies. I started sewing for other designers, like creating some of their projects for Quilt Market, like Sarah Jane Wright was lived locally and I helped her and Riley Blake Designs was one of those companies that I did a lot of sewing for and they I live in Utah they're also a Utah company so they're local for me and it was just convenient I'd be in and out of their office I would just go pick up stuff in person which I'm totally spoiled it was so convenient and um, just built relationships with them I never I never considered that I never really thought that I would um, become a fabric designer because I don't consider myself like an artist in that, like I could draw a tree and it looks like a tree. Like I, <sighs> I, I, I have a painting in my mind, but I, I need to develop the skills of getting it out on the papers. But I, I know that my strengths lie in like color selection and scale and pattern design. And so when they first approached me, I was hesitant because I was like, I don't know how to use Adobe Illustrator. <laughs> I don't know how to get what's in my head onto a computer. And mm-hmm. so um, they gave me the opportunity to submit like color, like style and like a mood board type thing of what I was thinking if I were to create a collection and they liked it. And it was, I purposely designed something that I wasn't seeing in the marketplace. And so I hired a graphic designer to help me digitize my ideas and she was a big help in getting that first collection launched and that was was inspired by like my 1970s childhood and like the things my mom made for us when I was growing up and lots of gingham and daisies and things like that and so that first collection is called gingham girls in 2017 and it did really well I think I think in part because it kind of filled a niche in the market that wasn't wasn't there at that moment there was a lot of like mod 70s stuff but not the like little house on the prairie holly hobby 1970s so so it just did well and they they liked it and they were like we'd like to keep (laughs) so they've been really helpful and we team up and it's kind of amazing here we are yeah that's awesome it must be so wonderful to be so close to the headquarters too i know i'm so spoiled i know because i I, I like going in to look at strike offs. <laughs> like, oh. so I think about how tricky that must be for back and forth via FedEx and that'll be hard. So yeah. I am spoiled. It's been a really, it's, I feel very grateful that they took a chance on me. They've, they're so supportive and it's, it's worked out in ways I never would have imagined. Never. Yeah. I just, I can't even imagine getting, I've only been to Dallas head, to the Moda warehouse and headquarters twice. And, I get to go again this summer and I'm just oh, so good. excited, but I can't imagine yes. just being able to go ever, yeah. drive in your car and go and talk about the strike offs. And I, yeah, I feel that way with the other Riley Blake designers. I feel kind of sheepish, like, oh, you know, I'm kind of, <laughs> if I need some fabric, I just go to the design offices and like, I'll take some of this. So yeah. yeah it's, oh, how I'm, wonderful. I'm really lucky. So it's been, a, that's made it really doable for me. And, and I forgot to mention like, I now collaborate a lot with my sister who is an artist and we've used a lot of her work in the last three lines. And so it's been fun to collaborate with her too. Yeah. I feel like I read somewhere that you had collaborated with her. So Mm -hmm. that's really fun. Yeah. It's been really fun. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, you do have an upcoming collection, Albion. 
Uh-huh. If I said that right, I'm not sure. I think there's multiple ways to say it. I say okay. Albion, but okay, yeah, yeah. Tell us about that and the inspiration for that collection. And I'm sure you are. The, I'm always so nervous for it to hit the stores and like yes. hope <laughs> that it looks how you're envisioned and planned. And it's kind of a leap of faith every time. But I'm really excited for it to come out. I really love this line. It feels. So as I mentioned, I'm a Utah, a lot, all my collections have had a really kind of personal aspect to them, like some part of my life that, and this one is the first one I've done that's inspired by where I'm from, where I've grown up is Utah. And I live in the foothills of the Wasatch Mountain Range. And it's just one of my favorite sources of, I don't know, respite, inspiration. Like I just love to hike and camp in the mountains. So it's, it's a lot of wildflowers and just this really kind of an earthy palette that I'm I'm really excited about. Awesome. Yeah. And you did send us some pictures of the fabric. So Billy will pop those up and oh, great. we can share those uh, when this, while we're talking about it, he can show awesome. some of those pictures. I should just say it's, it arrives in stores in March. Okay. Sorry. So it's not there yet, but it will be there. In March. In March. Okay. Yeah. And Riley Blake is a little bit, do you, Riley Blake is a little bit different where you, but you've already shared it, right? This was what you had it in Houston. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it was, we shared the, the it for buyers okay. in Houston in, in the fall, but it will be in stores. It'll be in, in stores. In a few weeks. Yeah. Awesome. I, I didn't give you this question, so hopefully I'm not, to, but do you have a bucket list project Ooh. or projects that you want to do. I I know I yes. have watched you do those orange peel blocks for so yes. long. For and like I 12 years. Yeah. I finally <laughs> made a pillow. I've yet to make uh-huh. a quilt, but I thought, you know, what what's on your bucket list for quilting projects? Finishing that quilt is on the bucket <laughs> list. Like they're finally I even laid it all out. All I need to do is so I've appliqued I want to say like 200 blocks and they just need to be sewn together. Yeah, <laughs> one of those things. But I know it's not it's not a pressing deadline on someone else's calendar. So it gets pushed to the back. You know how those are. But I'm glad you brought it up. Maybe that's something I will get out and do. Like I need every year. I'm like, this is the year. <laughs> right. That quilt. And this is the year I really am going to. I would love I mean, I love Jen Kingwell quilts like her green tea and sweet beans or sweet tea and green I know which one you're talking oh, about I love it that it's like yeah. so much applique and like it that is a bucket list quilt I would love I have made one block that's about this big in a oh. class that I took from her and that but I just like I would I feel like a lot of my style and what I'm known for is kind of fast finishes and shortcut quilts and like use the pre-cuts and get something finished and I think, I mean, I definitely think there's a place there's the, it's, it's fun to have a fast finish because you, you have a satisfying project accomplished. And also you can use the fabric you bought and move on to the next pile of fabric that's waiting. So there's, there's that, mm-hmm. but I, I think, I feel like one of my goals in recent years is to do more heirloom type projects that are slower, more intricate piecing that might take some time. And, but just really be a keepsake after. Yeah. So yeah, more of those. That's kind of how I've been feeling too. I, yeah, yeah. I, and I do have the, 
sweet tea and green beans or however that is. I do have I that pattern that. too. Yeah. I always get it. <laughs> yes. I love it. It's but yes. Such, oh, it's such a gorgeous quilt. Gorgeous quilt. Yeah. Yeah. So many skills involved and yeah. Right. I actually have a couple of your projects. Well, one is a bucket list. I really want to make your Christmas tree quilt pattern. Oh. Just the free tutorial on your blog. Yeah. And my daughter actually beat me to that. And she did. Yeah, she I that was one her. of her yeah. early quilts. And it yeah. is gorgeous. And every time she gets oh. it out at Christmas, I think I have got to make that pattern. It's but fun. It's a fun one. Because it's so freeing. It's, you know, it's all improv piecing. And right. It's kind of out of my normal wheelhouse, but I, I love it. Yeah, it's one of my favorites to make. And yeah. it's just a fun one for playing with like colors and fabrics. And yeah. Right. Yeah. And me too. I'm I'm usually so regimented in my piecing. I feel like that will be really mm -hmm. good for me to, yeah, I to bet do you that. Fast doing it. <laughs> but also I was just at a quilt retreat this last week and I was teaching a couple classes and I stayed with a couple friends in a house and we were doing sewing at night and one of my friends had this kit and it was for your fly the flag quilt with your oh. it was your fabric too right yeah okay Portsmouth, red Portsmouth. white and blue yes uh -huh. so she was sewing that and she was just like whipping those blocks out like oh, so, so great. fast and so finally I said I have got to make that quilt too so oh oh I'd be so honored oh I, the pattern's on the way so I'm excited oh, oh I can't wait I, to see your version yeah I'm super excited because she she got almost all of the blocks done in two nights wow. of sewing oh that's so great yeah and that's another one that's fun to customize like it's a little bit of a sampler quilt depending on how you what, yeah. which stars you make yeah, and that's what she was telling me. She said, you can make more of this type of star and less of this and more mm -hmm. of that. And so anyway, yeah. I'm super excited. I have my fabric. I'm ready to go. So. Oh, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> that would be so fun. Yeah. Is there anything else that you have upcoming that you want to share with everyone or? Not anything big. Okay. I mean, mainly it's just getting ready for this fabric launch. And then I need to start, actually, I do need to start designing the next collection yeah what's that like for you uh, like finding the inspiration do you feel like you have ideas that you'll never run out or you I don't know like sometimes I've got tons and sometimes I'm like oh what's my next what do I want to do next yeah I feel like every time we start feeling like we might be stuck we're just we just get more ideas I feel like it's never a very long pause so just about the time awesome. that we maybe, yeah, start to get nervous, then, you know, we come up with more. And I bet having each other, like having a partner, I, I would, I think that would be, I think I would like that. Like, it's super helpful. ideas off of, yeah. Right. Yeah. To go back and forth or mm -hmm. um, just when somebody has an idea, just it's that synergy, I guess, where you can yeah. just add yeah. to somebody's idea. That seems to be really, really helpful. I, I can't imagine, we say all the time, we can't imagine how people can do it all by themselves. So hats <laughs> off to I, you. <laughs> I only do, I, I pretty much only do one collection a year because of that. Like, I, I don't know how people do multiple. It's like, it amazes me, the productivity, the creativity that the output that, yeah. uh, that some designers have. Okay, so you said productivity. So that that got my brain going. How do you schedule your time? Do you have a set schedule? Or do you fit in 
a creative time or sewing time or computer time? Do you have mm -hmm. a way that you manage all of that? I wish I could say I was more <laughs> like scheduled and organized. <laughs> it's mostly like what fires, you know, what fires at the top <laughs> of the list and I need to work on this one today. I It's really interesting to be at this stage of the, my business and I'm at a new stage of life where I only have one child at home and he's going to graduate from high school this year. And so it, it has freed up my time considerably, but yet I don't have the energy I had about 10 years ago. <laughs> right. And so I feel like I still got way more done then than I am now, which is kind of sad. But I think I'm better. I think we talked, to, I, I can't remember if you recommended to me or I recommended to you the Essentialism book by Greg McCohen. Yeah, yeah. That was, that book was such a game changer in terms of running a business. And like, what do I, I'm way better now at focusing my energy on things I want to do and not just busy work, I guess. I mean, there's still plenty of busy work. I still have to yeah. file taxes and do stuff like that. But I'm not making, I'm not, I'm trying not to overextend myself so that I have more time to just be creative. I used to not sit still, like the only, I, I would only watch TV or a movie if I was doing handwork yeah. at the same time, like binding a quilt or something. And in recent years, I, I kind of think the pandemic just, the number on us all and I remember during that time I was like I'm just lying on the couch watching tv who am I and not this what happened to me I'm not being productive every minute of every day and I'm I've learned I just need that too to not always be having to do something that just yeah. taking time to sit is is good for me I really creativity. I get that I really, really? get that Yes, because I used to be the same way. I couldn't watch TV unless I was binding mm -hmm. or doing, you know, grandmother's flower garden blocks or something. Uh -huh. Now I've learned to, you know, of course, I, if I'm binding, I'm still going to watch TV because yes, I, same. you know, but yes. now I've also learned to, hey, here's an interesting program I can learn and not sew at the same time. Yes, yes. I feel it's exactly It's been same. different. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's kind of good. Or my, I can sit with my husband and watch the crown or whatever yes not have to ask him like what just happened because i missed it because you know right I was doing two more things at the same time yeah i've, I've taken up cross stitching too have you that, so many I, are doing that yeah i i that's something i did a lot in the 90s like when i was still in school or um or working i i liked it and then i stopped for years and it was again the pandemic camille released that cute like Mel Roscoe released a cute like little house. Yes. And that just looked so therapeutic to me at that stage of just like so much of my quilting is I'm creating a pattern and design and it was really therapeutic to just be like, here's the instructions. You just <laughs> this repetitive thing was was nice too. Yeah. I, so I'm doing more of that. Oh, interesting. Maybe some cross stitch yeah. patterns from you in the future, maybe yeah, too. I wish it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I, I see what you mean. And that's why I'm so looking forward to this fly the flag quilt too. I just want to take somebody else's pattern. Mm -hmm. I just want to follow the instructions. I just want to sew, you know, it, it's, I feel like I try to do that a couple times a year. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's just really good for me. I agree. Yeah. And yeah. it's, I've I like, 
again, I think we both relate. We're always constantly writing the next pattern or creating next pattern, which is really awesome and fun. But it is so nice to take. It takes a lot of creative energy and mental energy, and so it is nice to just let someone else tell me what to do and yes. have to, you know, figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so, so much. I know our listeners and viewers are going to love this interview. I just, oh, it's so I'm fun. just to, so thank excited you for inviting me to have you here. And we will put links to Amy, if you don't already know, but um, if you're not familiar, we'll have links to her shop and to her blog and her Instagram. And th those are the three main places they can find you, right? Yeah. And yeah. everything is Diary of a Quilter. Yes. Yep. Yep. So we'll have all those links for everyone. And we just really appreciate you stopping by today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's so fun to just visit with you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like catching up with a friend. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Sherry. Okay. So I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Amy Smart. As we mentioned, we will have all of the links, all the places that you can find her her blog, her shop, her Instagram. And also if you want to sign up for her email list, she has a weekly newsletter that goes out every Saturday afternoon that I enjoy and love reading. Uh, she'll share what's new with her and she always shares other things that she finds around the internet too. So we'll have all of those links in the description below. And we will be back here on the podcast in two weeks on Monday, February 26th. Yep. Anything else that we need to nope. and mention? I'm, I'm sure Chelsea will be back because I won't have a crazy, the Super Bowl won't be in Las Vegas that week. Yeah. So everything everything we plan should go according to plan, and, hopefully. And who are you going for for the Super Bowl? Well, yeah, it's all so over it's now. Over. Um, but... I, I'll, okay, I'm making this prediction now. We'll, I'll be right or wrong. Everyone <laughs> right. will know. I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs. I think... I think okay. by the time this releases, they're going to be the repeated Super Bowl champions. I'm okay. not saying I'm not a Chiefs fan by any means. I'm not a 49ers fan either. But okay. if you if I have to pick, it's a tough one. I think it's hopefully it'll be a good game. I think the Chiefs will be champions again. Okay. So we'll, well your, see. Your dad and I are rooting for the 49ers because they're a West Coast team. Okay. That was our. We weren't either one fans. Uh -huh. <laughs> so we just thought, hey, let's let's give somebody on the West Coast a try. Well, yeah, so we'll see what happens. We'll I'm see just what hope happens. it's a good game. So. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much for stopping by. Bye.